0: Hello, this is Sarah Pearson, features editor at the Concord Monitor, here with Granite Geek David Brooks to learn more about an article he wrote this week. Hello, Dave.
1: Hello, Sarah.
0: So, your column this week is looking for somebody to help the avian museum, excuse me, (laughs) the aviation museum. (laughs) To get some very old teletype machines working again, but you say it's also about the way flying doesn't seem to excite people anymore.
1: Yes, that's that's right. It, it's sort of the, the news hook, um, as we say, is the is the teletype machines we can talk about later. But 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 really, it, it, a part of it is um, the fact that flight, which you know, when I was a kid, was still you know exciting to an extent, um, and is now is so routine that that it. it it's actually got the industry worried, because um, the number of commercial pilots is well, n- young people aren't coming into commercial pilots to to you know fill the slots as as the gray hairs like me retire, uh, and then there are other uh, aviation industry uh, jobs that are having the same issues like uh, air traffic controllers, meteorologists, and the like. It's just like. I don't know, flight which used to be this cool thing is now it's kind of boring. I don't know, like, you know, working for Greyhound or something. I don't know. So, so it's, it's, it's actually a concern in the industry, and obviously it's a concern at the Aviation Museum as well. So why do you think that is? Well, uh, so Jeff Rapsis, who's the new director at the Aviation Museum. Um, and by the way, if that name sounds familiar, you might have seen him playing the piano for silent movies. He's been, yeah, that's a gig he's been doing around the state for a while. He's really good at it. So anyway, the Red River Theater and other places have it. So, uh, But he's the new director at the Aviation Museum. And he, he thinks p- at least part of it might be um, changes in commercial aviation since 9-11. Uh, security and other concerns have separated us so much from it that it's very hard to see you know, the cool technology that, that makes a giant metal tube shoot through the air at 600 miles an hour um, so it, it just doesn't seem exciting anymore because there's nothing about the experience that's exciting for most people and I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. I also think it's a function of changes that have happened in the market Again, when I was a kid, flying was very expensive, Um, and it wasn't done nearly as much. You know, you still got dressed up a little bit to go on the airplane because it was an exciting (laughs) thing to do. Uh, And then, you know, the cheap airlines came along and have made it much more accessible, and and as a result, it's much more routine. And so I I guess perhaps to a certain extent, it's just inevitable that it would become less exciting, but it, it, it does seem to be, to a certain extent, a bit of a shame. So...
0: And what's this about the teletype stuff? What even is
1: that? Ah, the teletype. So the teletype is, uh, its actually, there's two of them. Uh, big old clunky, I mean, they're big things, uh, clunky teletypes that were in the Lebanon airport for 25 years. They were originally built for the Navy, uh, and then they were given it over to the civilians after the war. And they were put up in the Lebanon airport and was used to, to type out... Uh, information from the, the FAA about weather and, and notices of airmen. they send each other information about who's flying what and it was part of the, the communication system that that airports have to be had to be part of. And back then the Lebanon airport was still a, a commercial airport. I mean it used to be there used to be uh, the Northeast Airlines and other small, regional carriers would fly to Concord. That was passenger service in Concord and Lebanon places like that. So anyway, these teletypes were there for a long time. And then in the 80s, the, the technology got updated and they got, frankly, somebody who worked at the airport took them and stuck them in his barn. And they have been sitting there for 30 years. And uh, the person died and his son says, hey, here's this stuff in the barn I want to get rid of. Do you want it, aviation museum? And the, and the aviation museum said, sure we do. But they don't, they they probably don't work. These are all electromechanical machines, and so they're looking to set up. And so Rapsus is looking to set up a system where kids can come in, they can text on their cell phone, and make it print out on an old timey teletype, which is quite a sight and sound to see. They're really loud and quite startling if you're not, not used to it. <laughs> um, so he'd like to set that up. He's got the software side of it done, but he doesn't have the hardware side of it done, so he was hoping maybe I could help him find somebody who's knowledgeable in these old electromechanical systems could open them up, clean it up, see if we can get them working again. So um, if you are uh, listeners out there, if there's somebody like that, uh, send me an email at org and uh, maybe I can, I can get you in touch with him. So...
0: Sounds like you like the aviation museum. So the
1: aviation museum is really cool. It's, it's a little. It's a pretty small museum, and if you're not familiar with it, it's at uh, Manchester Airport, Manchester Boston Regional Airport. It's on the sort of the east side of the uh, runway, so it's on the other side of the runways from the terminals, uh, and it's it's housed in what was the second terminal building at the airport, which is this weird, f- weird looking, Art <laughs> Deco. Little building that with a paint job that would fit well into Key West, Florida. Why it was built and colored that way in Manchester, New Hampshire, I'm not quite sure. But anyway, they 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 moved it. Actually, they picked it up and moved it across the runway. I don't know, 15 years ago, and turned it into the museum. And it's really cool. They got some neat stuff in there. A lot of nostalgia stuff about the old airport. Um, back in the days when you still walked out on the tarmac and walked up the you know the ramp to the airplane uh, and when the parking was either free for a long time you just parked on the road around it there was no parking garage or for a while there uh, when I first moved here this system was in, in effect you'd park and they would put an envelope they would come by everyday and put an envelope under the windshield wipers of everybody who was parked there and asked you to send in three dollars for each day you parked there uh, and the data they found after the fact was about one-third of the people actually sent the money in, which I, I can certainly believe. So anyway, so there's stuff like that. Stuff about the war, because this, uh, um, what was then Grenier Field, the uh, Manchester airport was a military base during the war, World War II. Uh, and so there's, there's stuff about that. And there's lots of technology stuff, in, including this really cool old, uh, the first biplane ever built in the state, the frame of it. Uh, and you get to take a look at how kind of alarmingly, rinky-dink the technology <laughs> was that people flew in back then so it's, it's cool stuff it's a neat museum uh, it's well we're checking out Aviation Museum of New Hampshire you can find it online uh, and go, go check it out someday whether or not you're a geek it, it's fun to visit so
0: All right, you can learn more about the Aviation Museum at ConcordMonitor.com, and you can see all the Granite Geek columns and related stories at granitegeek.org.
1: Yes, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, Google Music, Podbean, or iTunes.
0: The theme music is Little Smartphone People by the Spy Kicks.